Hello and welcome to the Forest of the Fae. Here on Pop Culture Fae, we take a look at movies, TV, comics, and other popular media through the lens of the queer folks of society. I am Miller C. Lashbrook, and I am your host on your journey through the Forest of the Fae. In this bonus episode of the Pop Culture Fae podcast, I will be discussing the state of diversity in musical theater with my best friend, Samantha Perez. Hope you enjoy. I want to welcome my best friend, my coworker, my partner in arts, <laughs> Samantha Perez, to the Pop Culture Fave podcast. Welcome. Hi, that was the cutest like, welcome ever. I did not tell her how I was introducing I her before. So, <laughs> um, so go ahead and let's start with tell the listeners about yourself. Who are you? What do you do? Uh, you could talk about like our friendship or whatever, however you want to introduce yourself. Okay. Um, well, hi. <laughs> um, I am a high school theater teacher at Hopakalaya High School. That's how we met. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love our story. It's the best story ever. Um, and I, I direct, I feel like I'm a dancer first. So everything I do has dance in it. Um, I love musicals. I'm a big Disney mer- nerd, nerd, <laughs> nerd, nerd, big Disney nerd, huge Harry Potter nerd. Though we do not stand JK Rowling. Nope. Who's that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> uh, not on this queer podcast. I <laughs> uh, love all things fantasy, D and D, everything. Um, I'm also very into fashion and the plus size fashion community and the Disney bound community. Yeah, I think that, that's how I describe myself, pretty much. <laughs> so, uh, do you want me to recount how we met since you brought yes, it up? I okay, love, I love when you do. <laughs> yeah, so we. Um, Sammy, Samantha's her like you can say formal name, but, but she goes by Sammy. Yeah. Sammy and I met at work. Uh, we both worked together at a school um, through a student, actually. So we had mm-hmm. a student in common. Um, their name is Brianna. And Brie was in my English class and basically was like, oh my gosh, Lashbrook, you need to uh, be a part of the musical. We're doing Little Mermaid and you need to be Ursula. <laughs> And I was just like, I don't know about that. I think the musical is for like uh, students, not teachers. And Brie was like, no, 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 no. You need to be in it. You're going to be Ursula. And then left class because this was the end of the class period. And they they did not give me the opportunity to like say no or be like, what are you doing? Um, And so I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to need to go and talk to this theater teacher that I've never met before and (laughs) let the theater teacher know that I'm not trying to like be in the musical and like take a role from a kid. So end of the school day, I walk down to Sammy's room and like knock and I'm like, hi, I wanted to like introduce myself. Um, I think we share a student named Bree and Bree said that I need to be in the musical and was going to tell you. And I was just like, I just want to make sure I'm not trying to start a whisper campaign or anything <laughs> that I Love am that. like, I I'll, I'll help you, but I, I don't need to be in the musical. And all Sammy needed to hear was I'll help you. Uh, Cause you, at the time you were, Brand, brand new, new. yeah. First year of teaching, yeah, and death. <laughs> and I'm sure for you at the time, as as all new teachers are, 
you heard help and you were like, please. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Brie had shown me, like said, you have to see this video and show me a video of you dressed as Ursula singing. <laughs> yes, if you if you Google my if you put my name into YouTube, you will find the video. Yeah, and of says me. you want to audition. That's what she said. That you want to audition. <laughs> Um, and I was like, well, they just need to like email me or come and talk to me and we'll see. Maybe I can't say I'll give them the part, but they can audition if they want to. Sure. <laughs> I did not recognize you though. <laughs> Cause you did not look like the video. <laughs> no, for, for context in this video, again, look it up on YouTube. You can find it. If you put my name in, this was a show choir performance from college where I performed for Unfortunate Souls as Ursula, mm. purple makeup, dress, uh, like it's drag and everything. Uh, and <laughs> I loved it. I love, I watched the whole thing. <laughs> but I met you with a full beard. Yes. In person. Yes. So you, yeah, <laughs> no, you are not, nope. <laughs> you are not connecting like yeah. the bear to like oh, yeah. college in drag version of me. <laughs> um, yeah, and so I made it a mission to to get him and my fiance to be best friends. <laughs> well, and you found out we because we got to talking and everything mm -hmm. there. You, I talked about my experience with show choir and theater in high school, um, and I think the main thing we heard that we had in common was D and D. D and D. That yeah. was kind of like when you find somebody in person that plays D and D, mm -hmm. you like latch onto that yes. person. You're like I need to be friends with them because. Playing D&D &D online is like the most painful thing in the world sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so finding anybody in person that you think you would want to play with. Oh, yeah. Like, it's awesome. Yeah, that and creative writing. Yeah. Yeah, because that's what James was just majoring in. James is My Sammy's fiancé. Um, yeah, and so there was just a lot in common. And my fiancé, Zach, like, it <laughs> did creative writing too and is an yeah. English teacher. So we all kind of, like, clicked and after a while became really close friends. Our friendship mostly was forged in our COVID bubble though. It, yeah, 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 definitely. When, You're the when, only people we saw. <laughs> when COVID hit, we were just like, okay, let's play D&D &D twice a week. <laughs> the only way to get out of yeah. the house and do something. And so we were our little four person D&D &D group COVID bubble. And so good. That, that year of COVID, well, it wasn't even like a full year, but the, specifically like the six months where we where it was like everybody was just stuck at home. Yes. For context, if you don't live in Florida, Florida opened up way too early Very compared early. to everybody else. Mm -hmm. um, but that time where we were all just stuck at home and we just did like two different D&D campaigns and bounced back and forth, that kind of like okay. sealed the deal of uh the four of us being friends but especially us being oh, best yeah. friends oh, yeah. uh and now we work together in with the theater department at our school mm -hmm. um and yeah so we do so, amazing, we do amazing <laughs> yes. work um so that's the context of our friendship we yeah. I mean, we might have gone <laughs> a little too deep into that it's okay. for, for listeners um so Today, we wanted to talk about specifically diversity in musical theater, especially like yes. mainstream kind of American Broadway musical theater in particular. Yeah. Um, this was a topic, this is a topic that we talk, we end up talking about all the time just as yeah, friends. Mm -hmm. um, but when I asked you like, hey, do you want to come on my podcast and like talk about something? This was kind of the first thing that came to your mind. Yeah. Um, especially 
with the Tonys a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess about a month ago now. I think it's about when you asked the Tonys. Yeah, because that was when I had just yeah. started um, yeah. the podcast. And the and then some more recent news too it's kind of like <laughs> had you thinking about this a lot um so you didn't really uh say in your um little intro about yourself but you are a person of color right yeah <laughs> that, that might be a, I mean, my listeners know i'm white that's not a secret but they know they know i'm queer and so like yeah, that, I yeah. should. I should. I don't know why I never do. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, I am completely 100% Puerto Rican, um, very white Puerto Rican, but I am Puerto Rican uh, and I'm bi as well. Mm. Yeah, so for, I mean, for both of us, but especially you being that intersection between the queer community and like the, the BIPOC community, yeah, representation is incredibly important for you. Yeah. Um, and as an educator too it's important for both of us i've like socially made not socially i've like physically made it where i try to look at representation especially like within our like what we do in school um that i want the representation to be good that i want it to be clear and i want it to be seen i try to do it in all my work i don't know when that started but it's just something that something i've been wanting to work on and what i continue to do well it's kind of like drawing that line between like um, not being racist and being anti-racist and like that different yeah. in, in a way, right? When you, when you, when a, a director or producer of a theater company or any piece of entertainment, when they say, oh yeah, I'm going to like take auditions from anybody. The color doesn't matter of this character. That's a great first step, mm-hmm. but it's another thing to actively pay attention to diversity yes. and say, I want to have a diverse cast, yes. not I'm open to a diverse cast, but I want one. And I, that's a really important distinction that I think a lot of directors are still trying to figure out. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I think the easiest solution is just to have more people of color and more queer people behind the scenes. But yeah, for yeah. whatever reason, <laughs> that seems to be difficult for some companies or some uh, producers. Um, or even schools. <laughs> or even schools, yeah. And so we're in that transition process. We're transforming mm-hmm. the entertainment industry. Uh, it's transforming before our eyes. And as educators, it it's important for us to be a part of that movement too because we're literally like teaching the next generation of right. performers and producers and uh, like techies and, and everything. Right, yeah. and we want them to see it and show in their work and, and to notice it as well. Like I feel like you have to pay attention. Like that's the biggest thing as any performer or director or anything, you need to pay attention to the diversity that you're bringing um, and the diversity that you're trying to call for as well. So it's, it's one thing to have it, but it's another thing to be like demanding of it. So kind of like just I, this conversation is kind of organically building itself. Yeah. <laughs> the, so building off of that, so you as a person of color and as a queer person, you're obviously perceptive to that because the world yeah. is made the universe the world has made you in a way where you have to confront those things on a regular yeah and basis. i need to i haven't experienced it as much as even other people in my family because i'm so i'm so white and pale yeah <laughs> color colorism yeah. is a problem right? yeah yeah i do i need to be very very clear of it and be able to really look at it so i definitely have had my own privilege and haven't had it happen to me as much but i've had i've had it happen at least a little bit that you notice it 
So what would you say to a, a white or a cis, cisgender straight uh, director or like theater teacher who is trying to be more actively uh, welcoming to diverse cast? What would you kind of say to them as advice for being, taking a more active role against like whitewashing and colorism in theater? Stop saying that a character has to look a certain way. Um, that a character needs to be a certain skin color or a certain gender. Um, I'm in this theater Facebook group that somebody- Ah, uh, Facebook groups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that somebody posted about Legally Blonde um, and that they have a very large girl cast um, and about casting about Legally Blonde. And so many directors were like, well, don't forget you need three boys. And I was like, why? Why do you need to, why can't Emmett be played by a female? Why can't Professor Callahan like, why <laughs> yeah for for the narrative the the narrative being told i think you would probably lose something by callahan being played by a woman just because the element of gender between l and callahan's relationship is important but you could also add but, something savannah did yeah and and but you could play it differently yeah, right yeah the exactly. it could be less of a story about men and women in the workplace and more a story about power dynamics exactly. in the workplace which so, is still just as important like yeah. a lesbian could just as much uh be creepy with their intern as much as a straight man so exactly. the gender is not inherently part of that story mm -hmm. um or doesn't need to be at least exactly. not in the version that you're doing and like the whole point of putting on your shows <laughs> to do it different mm -hmm. is that we we have to talk about this with our students all the time that for context, we just put on a production of Legally Blonde. Yes. Um, this, <laughs> well, I brought it that up. was our, yeah, that was <laughs> our spring musical this past year. And one of the biggest struggles with our students was trying to get them to not see our show as like the MTV recorded yeah, version. They just from, wanted to do everything the, the way they did. Yeah. <laughs> and really breaking that mold and like letting students know like, not everything needs to be the original Broadway cast or, exactly. or the or the recorded version or the movie version or whatever the show is going to be. Um, and the whole point of it is to do your version, mm -hmm. do your sets, your show or your cast, your um, costumes, all those things should be unique to your show. Otherwise, why are people going to pay to go see your version yeah, instead of just watching the Exactly. The you're YouTube just doing video. a copycat version at that point. So you need to do your own. So I do agree that you would lose a portion of the story of changing the gender, but you're adding But something. you would gain something you're else. You're gaining something yeah. as well. And as a like a teacher, as a theater teacher, it's one thing if you are a director in a community theater or a big Broadway producer or whatever. But as a teacher, you need to look at the students that you have and what's best for them? What is a story that needs to be told? And if it's for Professor Callahan to be a woman, then that's the story you need to tell. And what a great teachable moment too for, mm -hmm. for students to sit down and have that conversation of like, our Callahan is gonna be played by a woman. And yeah. and you could have that conversation about like, what does this change about the story? And what are we saying with this and differently? Yep. And I think having those conversations is gonna help to like, because they're still learning, right? As performers and creators, it's going to unlock something in them to kind of see more potential from theater that they might have otherwise not seen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I definitely think, to go back to your question, <laughs> <laughs> that theater teachers, specifically teachers, just need to stop looking 
for a certain look for characters and look at your students and see who they can make as the character. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like mold your character to the students, not your students to the character. Mm-hmm. It kind of, the, it kind of reminds me of like completely different fandom conversation um, in like the D and D community. It's something that pops up a lot. Like you have sort of like the more toxic side of tabletop role-playing community who are like, but in history, there weren't like black people living in like medieval Europe. And you're like, okay, first of all, it's a fantasy game. (laughs) We're not even on earth. Second of all, there were black people in Europe in the, in the medieval era. You're just misinformed. And third of all, Shut up. Like the, yeah, there yeah. wasn't pink tieflings either. So Yeah. And and so like reminding people that like it's art mm-hmm. at the end of the day and it's and especially art education. Yeah. The focus needs to be on those students and like what are they going to gain from this process? Yes. Uh and ha- like just the simple fact of casting a kid in a role, letting them letting them see themselves in a story that they might not have otherwise thought they belonged in before mm-hmm. so important oh yeah i completely agree um especially to when we get into our our queer kids because there are so few stories that were originally written for queer people oh yeah and like that are those big stories being produced on broadway and everything and so to be like okay why can't our um why why can't our Warner be played by a trans man? Yeah. Or why can't why can't I be, be a lesbian or bi? Or why can't we have non-binary characters? Like yeah. what a <laughs> what a concept. Yeah. Exactly. That, and and just tell a story and let exactly. the audience be transported. Yeah. So um on that note, I think we're gonna take a quick break. Okay. Uh, and then when we come back <laughs> from that break. We're going to transition to talking about Broadway overall yeah. uh, and diversity on Broadway. Yes. Okay, so now that we have kind of established our how, how we know each other, yeah. our history, <laughs> uh, and the theater education side of it, let's kind of move to the the big, the white way, the broad way, <laughs> the white way. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Did you mean to say white whale? You said white way? No, the great white way is what they call Broadway, but then I just realized in my head, <laughs> oh my. I mean, <laughs> um, <laughs> let's let's transition to the Broadway side of things. Yeah. So, um go go ahead. Oh, what gosh, are your kind of where your, do you want to start? I know. <laughs> Broadway's um, so big. <laughs> well, well, we were talking about you we're talking about um bisexual characters. Right now, no, not bisexual. It was um like sorry. non-binary characters. Non-binary characters. You have yeah. to talk about that. Um, and it's just it's kind of astounding how there's just not that many non-binary well, characters. There was that whole um the whole like fiasco with Jagged Little Pill. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you know more about that situation. You <laughs> I have to remind myself a little bit of it, but basically, oh my god, I feel like that was forever ago and it wasn't. I know it wasn't it was like not even a year. Oh, not even a year ago. <laughs> not even a year. So uh, they basically they had a, a procedure. They a, needed to go to a procedure. They had a cast member who was looking to get surgery. Yes. To confirm 
part of their gender identity. Yes, yes. Yeah. And I believe they wouldn't give them the time off to do it. That's what it was. They wouldn't give them the time off to do it. Um, and it was just very upsetting, like, and upsetting to the whole cast because the show in itself is about sexuality um, and has so many of those themes about accepting people. And it just, it not only hurt that person, but it hurt the cast in general so much so that the lead herself decided to leave the show right after the Tonys. Um, after they did their performance. Their performance. Mm-hmm. And weren't they also like, um, ref- they, and wasn't there an actor, it might have been the same actor, wanted to use they, them pronouns for their character? Or am I misremembering? That might be another show. Okay. Well, let, let, I mean, I believe we're not going to make up some story that doesn't exist. <laughs> that might have been another show. I don't quite remember that one, to be honest. So would you say that you feel as a consumer of Broadway media, like content and someone who enjoys the musical theater community, would you say that you think that the musical theater, like the Broadway sense of musical theater as an entertainment, as a form of entertainment, sorry, words, it's okay. <laughs> that it is in the right direction, moving moving too slow how would you kind of define the way that broadway is taking in all the critiques about the lack of diversity it's so hard because it's like are they moving in any direction because of it's the right thing to do or are they moving in that direction because of money that's always oh, the, it's always going to be money. yeah that's yeah. always the first thing i think about but i definitely do think they're moving too slowly um especially when you look at other places like the west end and how like progressive the West End is, and not only like their shows and but in their casting choices, that we aren't even to that level yet. Um, and you see it really big with Anne Juliet. Anne Juliet's coming to Broadway. Very excited. If you don't know what Anne Juliet is, yeah, tell the audience you, what you, is what is Anne Juliet. You need to get on it. Uh, Anne Juliet is a musical that started in West End. It is a pop jukebox musical i know people don't like jukebox musical people are making fun of it on tiktok hey, they I, shouldn't be making fun of it i i like a good jukebox musical. <laughs> yeah mama mia one of my favorite musicals some people are yeah. saying some like tiktokers are like this might be the this year's mama mia basically but it, it's a jukebox all with like really popular songs done by the same uh writer i don't remember his name i'm really bad at names but he did um hit it me baby over time yeah uh i want it that way um one last problem like the, the guy who wrote all that so the musical is built on that and it's about romeo and juliet but if juliet did not kill herself um and instead went off and did her own life um and it's pretty amazing hmm. what a concept right <laughs> and what's what's so amazing about it because i know you're like oh, shakespeare another shakespeare thing Ugh. um but what's pretty <laughs> amazing about it is that there's cast diversity in it um, the, the lead who played Julia in West End was black. Um, and then there was body diversity in it. They had a plus size man. They had a plus size woman and she has a best friend named May and they are non-binary and they sing, um, not yet a woman. And it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, so the fact that they were able to cast this side so diversely and have this character in there. It's just, it's so cool. Like, something now, we haven't seen. They're bringing, so they're bringing the show to Broadway. So they are, they're bringing it to Broadway. Are they keeping all of that? They are keeping Diversity, or... Mm. <laughs> oh, we heard it. Mm. <laughs> um, I've seen the cast. Um, I I, I want to say Julia is... Uh, you know what? Don't 
don't quote me. I'd have to look it up. I don't know who's playing Juliet, but I know they still have like the color diversity, but I don't see the body diversity. And that's, and that's something that even, so the big, I mean, the big show that started this, thankfully, mm-hmm. was Hamilton, right? Yeah. Hamilton got a lot of attention for having all these characters who were white people in history, or at least mixed, mm-hmm. but looked white. Yeah. Being played by a cast that reflected our world today. And it would, you like people, it blew some white people's minds, right? They're like, (laughs) you can't have a black man playing George Washington. And they're like, how many shows have we seen with, with George Washington or movies or TV shows? Like why, why, why not? It doesn't, they're rapping about history. Yeah. And so, but even in Hamilton, the body diversity is really not there, right? Like you go back and watch the, the recording on, on Disney plus that they Mm -hmm. have. And most of your dancers and pretty much like your your main cast are all that kind of build that Broadway mm-hmm. usually casts, right? You're Sometimes more the slim. Men the little... the men are, like um the guy that plays Hercules Mulligan yeah. is a little bit more built than like your normal like male actor yeah. that you normal with air quotes. What is normal? Which I do but, feel like men I mean that's a whole different conversation, but I do feel like men get more leeway on body body diversity than women do. And but even then, when you break down, like, what kinds of characters mm-hmm. are we casting these, like, men with bigger builds in? Are their side characters? Yeah. Or their comic relief characters? Yes. Or their, or their, um, the, it's rarely ever a romantic Yes, lead and that's why I love a protagonist. Anne yeah. Juliet, because her nurse was plus size, and her nurse has her own little side story about falling in love with this French guy, and this guy just loves her. For her and mm-hmm. then Juliet finds another guy that's not Romeo and in the West End he was a, a plus size man like he wasn't like plus size but he had some chub and he's just <laughs> he's this guy that loves Juliet and then like spoiler alert he also falls in love with the non-binary character May so there's that whole love triangle there but there's just this little plus size chubby guy singing and dancing about loving Juliet but also loving this non-binary character and it's just it's so good and He's not plus size on Broadway. The the actor that I saw. Well, not it's like more sad. <laughs> unless you have a show where the character's weight is important, and they can, like, there it's should be nothing that. to stop. Yeah. An actor from being plus size. Mm-hmm. I used they, to say like, that. Yeah. I don't. I feel like there's no like even if they say something about the weight, it doesn't matter if they're plus size or not. Well. I meant the other way around, though. The like tra- oh, yes, Tracy yes. should not be played Tracy, yes. by a skinny white girl. <laughs> okay, then yes. The like the, the that was the character that I had in mind. Sorry, I was thinking of Regina George. <laughs> so, to this day, I remember I must have been eighth grade, ninth grade, somewhere in there when the Tonys they had a performance from like the Royal Caribbean cast of hairspray that was on one of the cruise ships or whatever do you remember this like happening yeah when when they were part of the tonys and i just remember because this must have been very soon after the movie came out the the hairspray movie Mm -hmm. and i love that movie i love that movie it's the first time i've ever seen my body type as a lead in a movie in a movie yeah yeah and and i'm a little chunkier too and so like that's important for me too Mm -hmm. and then for me to see like 
this Broadway level performance on a cruise ship, but the but they're like recording in from the cruise, you know, yeah. you know, it's pre recorded. Yeah. But <laughs> then they have this like really skinny person playing Tracy, and like they didn't even bother to put her in a fat suit. She wasn't in a fat suit. No, which could at least put her in a fat suit. No, 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 no. We, we don't want to encourage. <laughs> you this. don't want to have a skinny person playing Tracy at all. But no. But most what, productions what when they do when it's like your high school production where the teachers where the teacher is like, uh, but we couldn't find anyone that was right for the role who matched oh, her. God. I'm like, then don't do the show. Yeah, exactly. The or you need to look a little harder. Mm-hmm. The but I just remember being like, I don't know, like 13, 14 at the time and watching this and being like, what how how? How mm-hmm. like you have all these resources as a professional production of something like maybe not on a cruise ship production but like on a in a broadway show you have producers you have the money you have the ability to find the talent and lord knows the talent's out there because there are so many people that want to break into show business who have talent i think tiktok's shown us that there is that talent (laughs) yeah and and it's like it just goes to show how how little work you were willing to put in to really truly authentically cast this character. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, we could talk about that with um, with West Side Story. Um, the, <laughs> I talk all day about West Side Story. With, I mean, like side note, like I love Spielberg, amazing director, but for him to come out and say like we're going to go to Puerto Rico and try to authentically cast these characters for West Side Story, and then cast in Puerto Rico. and then. And you and then you have your Maria being played by she's Colombian American Colombian American. She's right? a Colombian half Colombian, half um white. <laughs> I should just say white. Uh what what's Tony? Uh he's Polish. She's half Polish. And <laughs> and so it's like, I mean, I guess you're doing better than casting Natalie Wood <laughs> as, as Maria, but it's like it is we're in the twenty first century. We're in the twenty twenties now. Like we can do better. We can do better than this. (laughs) And they filmed before the pandemic, so that was not like not not an excuse. You, if you actually had gone to Puerto Rico, like, and it's not like anybody knew who Zoe Ziegler was. So it's like, Mm -hmm. it's not like her star quality was bringing anyone (laughs) anyone into that movie. She was big on YouTube, is what I recall people saying about her. I don't know much about her. Not and she's a great singer. She's beautiful. I think she's gonna make a great Snow White. She's gonna make a great Snow yeah, White. The, Love it. <laughs> no, and her acting is great, but it's just but the like, fact that she can be Snow White is telling you something. <laughs> and and this is where you'll get criticism, right, from mm-hmm. people being like, "Well, if you if that if if race does matter there, or if if size does matters there, um, <laughs> why why does it need?" why can't it matter the other way around and this is a critique that like will oftentimes come up like okay so if you're saying that motormouth maybell needs to be a a black woman in hairspray then why can't i say that l woods needs to always be a white blonde woman so someone oh you have a quote yeah someone on my tiktok because i made a whole tiktok and i actually got quite a bit of views on that one I'm okay. not a crazy TikTok person. I'm not TikTok famous in any way, but I got a bunch of views about like musicals you shouldn't do if you have an all-white uh, class or whatever because I'm a teacher. Um, so this one guy on TikTok, we were talking about it. Um, shout out to morning, noon, and night. So this was a commenter on your on your yeah. TikTok. Okay. Yeah. Um, he said, because we were talking back and forth about it, and a really awesome quote that he said, 
is at this point, we do not have enough stories that represent all the different marginalized groups. And the ones that specify a group are held as sacred to those communities and should be treated as such until we have the proper representation for all. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically, white people have all these stories that have been represented so well for all these years and all this time. And they've been able to be out in the spotlight that any story that has any sort of representation needs to be put at that high standard and needs to be represented accurately until we have enough, which I don't know when we'll ever have enough, but no. Yeah. I think we see this with like, um, in the movie industry happen a lot with like queer characters, right. Mm -hmm. Where the, like they'll half-ass queer representation in the movie and the, and then that'll be used as like, for the homophobic fans, they'll use that as the reason the movie didn't do well when it had like so many other problems. Yes. Lightyear, great example. Recent uh, movie. We're sticking to um, Broadway, Paradise <laughs> Square. The and yeah, and and so like with Lightyear, right? Mm-hmm. You have this. It looks gorgeous, right? You've got these great trailers with David Bowie in it and everything. Oh, I it. And I want to though. I and, haven't seen it yet. <laughs> and the, I mean. People are like, oh, well, the fact that there's a gay kiss is because is why a bunch of people didn't want to go see it. And I'm like, the movie kind of just looked boring. Like the, uh, yeah, like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but, <laughs> it just looks boring to me. I, the like, only reason I want to see it is because of the two gay characters. It's the only reason. <laughs> well, and it's like, it, it's, <laughs> I, specifically with the queer community, I feel like this keeps. Ha- I mean, it happens with people of color characters all, all the time, time too, mm-hmm. where it's just like so frustrating for this representation to be kind of like meh like we'll sort of do it and then they're like well we gave you representation why didn't you come out and see our movie and i'm like no. we still want a good movie yeah. like the or broadway show or, or what square. have you yeah, so elaborate you know elaborate on okay. on paradise, paradise square, square. Current running Freaking, Broadway show, uh, right? It's uh, like it's gonna be gone at the end of the month. I'm so upset about it. And then they're suing because they didn't pay their performers and other people. Oh, they're suing for like thousands of dollars. That's a whole other thing. listeners. <laughs> if you have not, if you did not watch the Tonys uh, about a month ago, please do yourself a favor and Square. watch Paradise Square's performance. Beautiful, beautiful, amazing. Beautiful. Um, all those actors need need work because yeah. they're they're doing the most. It is not yes. their fault that the show is. No, it is leaving. not. It is all the producers' fault. At least from my research, I, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But from what I have researched from it, the producer went to jail. Something I don't know what, but did not give the show the opportunity or the money that they needed to promote itself. And so people really didn't know about it. And I guess didn't give them enough money to even pay people, <laughs> which so is you, why they're yeah, saying. So you have this show. With a di- wonderful, beautiful, beautiful diverse if you cast. You don't know what Paradise Square is. I barely know what it is because there's not much out there. But basically, to my understanding, um, it is about this like dance hall that brings these two communities, an Irish community and like a Black American community, together through the form of dance. Um, and because like races couldn't mix, people were upset that these two races were mixing. Because it takes place. Um during segregation like, yeah, yeah 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 um and so that's the premise behind it uh it gives me very like newsies vibes um mixed in with everything else and i feel like this is the perfect show for now and for this time period and people should be seeing this show but unfortunately because the producer messed up 
and didn't give it the money and the funding that it could, people don't know about it. I mean, if you look at the poster, the poster is a light post. Like, where, as a picture of a light post, do you get that this is a story about race and dancing? Yeah. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> you don't. Um, and people just don't know about it. Did not get advertised at all. Uh, most people didn't hear about it until the Tonys, which is how I heard about it. Yeah. And then looked it up. <laughs> but it's and beautiful. I feel like it oftentimes feels like these larger entertainment companies or producers, whether we're talking about movies, TV, Broadway, like, they're they they're make they're producing these projects as like the pr gesture Mm -hmm. like see we have diversity but then they don't like they they talk the talk but they don't walk the walk they're gonna take that show and be like look i gave you diversity and you didn't come to it yeah you gave us diversity and didn't tell us about it Mm -hmm. that is the problem and i think a good like way to show that is look at a strange loop which is completely all black queer performers about a black if you don't know what a uh, strange loop is you need to look at a strange watch loop. their performance in the 20s as well <laughs> uh, yeah. a strange loop the only well, way i can sum up what a strange loop is and is, so uh, i would be interested oh continue. okay yeah yeah sorry it's, it's a musical about a writer who's writing a musical about a writer who's writing a musical about a writer if that confuses you look it up yourself <laughs> but that's basically what it is and i would be interested to see if we compared the producers of those two shows, I mean, like RuPaul is a producer on mm-hmm. a strange loop. And so Jennifer, you have, uh, and Jennifer Hudson. Yeah. So you have like members of the black community and a very predominant, like black queer person in pop culture mm-hmm. producing that show. Um, I'd be interested to see who produced paradise square uh, and like what that looks like. And kind of asking that question of like, is this genuine representation? Yeah. Um, it, or is this just that PR gesture? Yeah. Like, is it the, the the incredibly long list that we have now of <laughs> the first gay character in a Disney movie? Because it they the past five years it's just Every been every time. Oh, and then it's <sighs> nothing, right? Yeah. And and it's like really like you made you wrote articles and like did interviews about how how gay this movie was going to be, and then there's nothing. My like, favorite was Lasu that they made it such a big deal that I lived in China at the time. Uh, for people listening, I used to live in China. I talk about it a lot. Um, I watched Beauty and the Beast in China and had read all these things about Lasu being gay and he did this and that. China does not let you watch things that contain any type of homosexuality and they didn't edit the movie at all. Yeah. So that just goes to show that they did nothing, really. <laughs> well, yeah. And they did nothing. My thing with, with that movie specifically, I'm... I love Beauty and the Beast. If you go back to um, my first, the first episode of the podcast, I talk about like how much I love that movie and why and everything. Um, but with the live action Beauty and the Beast in particular, I'm like, you literally have Ian McKellen playing Cogsworth. You have like one of the greatest gay actors of our time mm-hmm. playing one of your like more primary characters. Lumiere and Cogsworth are already so gay. Yes! Just make them the gay couple in the movie. Yes! I don't understand. Ugh. We could take away the gross, like, feather duster, like, thing. Because that's <laughs> uh, kind of weird anyway. And, weird. like, make Lumiere and Cogsworth gay. Uh, Ewan McGregor would have been fine with it, I'm oh, sure. Yeah. As Lumiere. He's played queer characters, like, multiple times. Like, <laughs> uh, and and so it's like, I don't know. I, it's That it's one just, just baffles yeah. me. But back to Broadway. So, <laughs> um, we're 
so you basically feel like the the effort is not being made. No, the effort's not being by made. producers or directors or whomever mm-hmm. to casting directors even to like, genuinely bring diversity into the Broadway space and yes. keep it there and make yes. it make it not just tokenism. Exactly. Right? And it is very it's just very, very clear that that they're not doing that. And you can tell by looking at other other places that they are obviously not doing it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just really upsetting because you want it to happen and they're saying they want it to happen, but then they're not actually doing it. I don't know. <laughs> but hopefully it'll it'll it's it's starting to change and you can see that with the strange loop and the success that it is having. Mm-hmm. Um but well and even the awards recognition that Paradise Square got yes. at the time is uh. like <laughs> so clearly people it's important to people. It is clearly important to people, but obviously not enough to keep that show going because it is closing like yeah. at the end of the month. Um, and it's like I don't know. We do like if there's a producer listening right now, I don't know why you would be listening to this right now. But if you are, we do not need any more biopic uh, jukebox musicals. Please, hold off on them. 20 years from now, make one and you'll make a bunch of money because people will miss them. We don't need any but more music we, men we, <laughs> played by white men. <laughs> we do not need any more of those. Give those theaters to new stories yes. that are sh- that are being told by diverse people yes. about diverse people and those things will organically come yeah. sure honestly, you want to have your phantom uh <laughs> running on broadway forever that's fine yeah but we we need more we need newer stories coming in here we do too. need newer stories but, but even, also but yeah revivals you yeah. can do so much with you a revival do so much with a revival and yeah. they're not they're not doing it i mean freaking music man yeah, like how you didn't need this music how cookie cutter and by the numbers can you be to be like, yeah, we're gonna do Music Man, okay, okay, and uh, we're gonna cast Hugh Jackman as our main character. I, I can see that and it's like, money, but... okay, okay, we'll bring the money in yeah. and everything. Who are we gonna cast as like his main romantic interest? Uh, Sutton Foster. Okay, so we're trying to get the old white people to come. Like that's that, basically that's what it, it, that's all it's yeah. for. It's for and I mean, you want to have a show. For, I mean, Wicked's never leaving Broadway though, and <laughs> I love Wicked. Not that it's specifically for old white people, but it's like there are shows there that those random tourists who are coming to New York are gonna always go see. Oh yeah, Wicked, Phantom, Wicked, okay. Lion King. Okay, mm-hmm. but the the things that we're putting new productions, new money, and all that into, like. Do we really need the same old music band? No, you don't. And that's just, I feel like Broadway is so closed-minded that they feel like these revivals have to be this certain way in order to make the money. And you probably would be making way more money if you cast it more diversely. Um, But that's Mm -hmm. probably not going to happen because of, like, what's happening with freaking Beanie. I feel so bad for Beanie. So, okay. So, uh, <laughs> I know, I'm uh, we, no, no, no. I definitely want to talk about Funny Girl. Yeah. Um, we're going to take another quick little break. Okay. And then we will come back and talk about Funny Girl because, Funny I mean, that is kind of the most recent example of yes. what we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Pause real quick. Go, go to use the bathroom or whatever. <laughs> uh, and we're going to talk about it when we come back. Okay, welcome back. Um, 
Now let's get into kind of the recent news. So, uh, funny girl. Funny girl. Okay. So, uh, why don't you? Okay. Yeah. Go so ahead. If you aren't a theater person, you don't know, but every theater person already knows. So what's Funny Girl? Let's start with that. Oh God, Funny Girl <laughs> is a musical that I don't know too much about, other than it's a big one from Glee. <laughs> I'm such a horrible theater person. I don't know Funny Girl that well. It's not like one of my favorites. So. Funny Girl was um, created in like the mid 20th century. Yeah. It was kind of engineered as your kind of star-driven musical, right? Yes. Where you have a big star at the head of the musical who people will want to come see on Broadway. And, and I know the basis of the story is just about this girl who she's Jewish, that's a big part of it, and she's mm -hmm. not as conventionally attractive, and people are like, you can't be a star because you're not as pretty or you are not, you don't look as good. I think a big part of it, is, is it her nose a big part of it? I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> um, something like that. There's just a look about her that people don't like about her. Yeah, and yeah. so inherently as part of the story, and I mean the role – but the role of Fanny Bryce was originated by Barbara Streisand, yeah. a very mm -hmm. important like actress in mm -hmm. like the Broadway community, but also like for the Jewish community as well. And so the they did the Broadway run, they made the movie of Funny Girl with Barbara Streisand, exactly, yep. and then like it lived on in Broadway history. Mm -hmm. And yeah, kind of the idea it was almost like there there's this idea i'm jumping fandoms on you there's this idea <laughs> oh so sorry <laughs> I in, have allergies. in comic books that uncle ben should never be brought back you're never gonna <laughs> do it he it's so important for him to die in peter parker's story as spider-man mm -hmm. that to even think about having a writer do some kind of story where uncle ben comes back seems like sacrilegious right mm -hmm. um and for the longest time they would say the same thing about bucky then they brought him back and then and then they also would say the same thing about uh, like bruce's parents like as batman or um gwen stacy and then they made spider gwen but the, <laughs> so there are obviously like exceptions to that rule but yeah. it's kind of for the longest time on broadway it was kind of this like idea where it's like nobody can ever be funny girl right mm -hmm. that barbara barbara it babs is is funny girl That's it. No and, one else. yeah we don't need a revival we've yeah. got the movie we had the original broadway run you can go listen to the recording yeah barbara performs the songs all the time right mm -hmm. at her concerts and everyone loves the songs blah, yeah blah. and 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 like we don't need to hear anybody else like being fanny bryce right but then glee came along yes so <laughs> freaking glee glee if you're not familiar with it i don't know have you been living under a rock yeah but it's if you're not familiar with glee it was a show that started in 2008 and was about a show choir mm -hmm. at a high school ball yeah honestly glee is what led me to loving theater as much um so I it was like a gateway drug to theater for yeah. like a lot so of I didn't kids even right? know what funny girl was until glee and i'm sure like a lot of people never heard of funny girl until glee and so for context if you've never watched glee before it is a dramedy but it <laughs> plays up the satire a lot mm -hmm. and i think that's what they were going for in the show yeah for context the main character one of the main characters 
She's the main uh, character. Yeah. Rachel, Rachel played by Leah Michelle. She has this dream to be on Broadway. And in particular, her character wants to play Fanny Bryce on Broadway, on Broadway in a revival of Funny Girl. Yep. And, and so at the time when the show was coming out. That was her whole thing. That was her but, whole. But also like, the idea yeah. of somebody being Fanny. Like we said, the idea of them doing a Funny Girl revival seems almost satirical like mm-hmm. just to begin with right yeah, yeah. and so i think the show is playing into that right they're yeah. playing into this idea that like this would never happen because no one would ever do a revival of funny girl exactly. right and so it it plays into that satire and then like i'm not going to go into spoilers for the show but like <laughs> the, watch things it happen <laughs> yeah it's on disney plus and hulu right now is it you on can, hulu? yeah it's I also on hulu. on hulu they promoted it for pride month oh you um so, like, you could go watch it and, like, see how that all unfolds. But it was a very important part of her character arc in the show. Yes. Um, and her basic personality. <laughs> yeah. And so then flash forward to... To now. about a, revival. <laughs> a year, About a year ago, right? Yeah. They announced that Funny Girl would be going back on Broadway. Mm-hmm. And there would be a revival of it. Yes. And everybody is like... Wait, what? It's going to be like, Leah Michelle. Yeah. What everyone everybody thinks. was convinced, like, are they just... Is Disney paying for this to happen so that exactly. they can promote, promote the fact that Glee is on Disney Plus? Like, exactly. And because at this time, Glee at, was not Glee on was anything. On, Glee was on Netflix at the time, but when, they when had they had announced that Net, it that it was leaving Netflix, yes. okay, okay. and so everybody's like, okay, well Disney owns Fox now, so they're probably moving it to mm-hmm. Disney Plus and Hulu. Um, and yeah, and so everybody's like, I. Are they going to well, do what well, the show like, did? Think about it. A lot of people, especially like theater kids now, became theater kids at such a young age that Glee was, like you said, a gateway to it. Yeah. And so when people think of Funny Girl, they're going to think of Leah Michelle. Yeah. It's just because they ingrained it in the show and they ingrained it in her so much that that's just kind of what we're all thinking um, all of a sudden. But. <laughs> she didn't. <laughs> well, well, because further context, if we go back up, about what two years ago now mm-hmm. i think it was like early in the pandemic right where it came out a lot of the actors from glee yes. started to talk about the fact that she was not an easy person to she work problematic. with <laughs> that she was problematic she slightly racist was, from what i've heard slightly racist yeah. um allegedly right right yeah yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> called people co- like called and, people in the cast not the cast like the background people cockroaches yeah very diva Suppo- allegedly was participating in a lot of like toxic mm-hmm. behavior yes. on set and behind the scenes. Yes. Um, and that she was not easy to work with. Not at all. Multiple people on the show um, came out about it. Amber Riley, um, mm-hmm. Kevin McHale, and Jenna Ushkowitz both came out and talked about this mm-hmm. on their podcast. Yeah. Um, the Showmance is the yeah, name. Yeah, I love Showmance. Um, and uh, even like Jane Lynch. Like talked <laughs> about Lynch. it, yeah, and lover. We'll get back yeah. to Jay Lynch in a second. <laughs> and so, um, when they announced this revival, what's her name? Santana, R.I.P. What's her name? Oh my gosh, why can't I think? Of why her is her name gone? I Naya her Rivera. Name. Naya Thank Rivera, you. Who we well, miss very dearly. and that was already kind of public when the show was airing, right? Yeah. There was there was on the Glee forums or when the show was airing. There <laughs> and were t- her book. Yeah, there yeah. were lots of talks about how specifically Naya Rivera and Leah Michelle did not get along. Oh, yeah. Um, 
and and also Leah Michelle and Diana Agron did not get along either. Oh yeah. yeah, so much so that they wouldn't allow Diana Agron to come to the episode where they were uh, the quarterback. The episode where they were honoring, honoring Finn, they Finn. Wouldn't, yeah. she would not allow her to come back. Like, how could you be that mean? Oh, my God. I could talk yeah. about Glee forever, but. <laughs> so this is not a Glee podcast. No, it's, but, so, there are other podcasts yeah. for that. <laughs> yeah. If you're looking for a great Glee podcast, uh, Recovering Glee, my wonderful. favorite. I love yeah. them. Yeah. Um, the wonderful podcast. We're, this is not a paid sponsorship. If you have podcast, though, but, we would totally go on your podcast, guys. Like, for real. Yes. We would love, if if you're listening. <laughs> recovering uh, Glee. <laughs> we would love to be on your podcast, Recovering Glee. Um, so back to Funny Girl. Yes. So everyone was like, are they going to put Leah Michelle in this show? Mm-hmm. But then everybody was also like, but now we know she's not a good person. So, allegedly. Yeah. so like and half the theater community was like, do it's it. Leah Michelle or no one. And half the theater community was like, if it's Leah Michelle, you're a horrible person because she shouldn't be doing anything. She needs to be canceled. <laughs> so then we get the announcement of mm-hmm. who's playing Fanny Bryce. Yes. And it is Beanie Feldstein, right? Yes. Her, her star... Uh, in 2021, was like on the rise, right? She played mm-hmm. um, Monica Lewinsky in American Crime Story. Really, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Um, and I saw from um, what what we do in the shadows. Yes, yeah, she was on what we do in the shadows. Yes, uh, love uh, that show. I forgot that she was on there. She was. But, yeah, she was like, she's so funny. She's so yeah. funny. Um, and so her star has kind of been on the rise yes. in recent years. Yes, and, and so it's amazing. That they're casting this lead to play this character because Beanie um, is a com- comedian. I think we all know she's a comedian. She's Jewish and she's plus size. Mm-hmm. Like she is. She is not your typical size woman. Like she's not huge, but she's not skinny either. Um, and she does not fit your kind of ingenue like yes. look, right? Yes. And how perfect for Fanny because right. looks are such a big part it's of the such story. Such a big part of the yeah. story. And, and so. Every, I, I definitely think there were people who either they had seen her work on TV or mm-hmm. in movies that didn't like her, mm-hmm. and so they kind of had like a more negative reaction to well, she it. She got really bad reviews. Again, she's a comedian, so singing is not her strong suit. So she got a lot of bad reviews that she shouldn't be the lead because she can't sing. Because again, our at least our generation has had ingrained in us that the person who plays Fanny needs to sound as good as Leah Michelle because we all know Leah Michelle can sing. Or everybody's holding Fanny to the standard of Barbara Streisand. Or that right? as well. It, for especially for older generations, yeah, right? Who right. are familiar with the original. And like I, movie. I haven't seen Beanie perform it because I don't have money to go to New York. Yeah. But I've, I've heard her sing, and it's not bad. It's 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 not like. Holy God Almighty, I can hear you now. Like Leah Michelle up there, but it's not that it's a it's a good she's a good singer. And, and so she's doing the part well. And she's she's bringing, she's been Fanny for about, about a year? like um, not quite a year, not right? Quite a year. Yeah. Um now. And as with most Broadway shows, your your cast moves on right you right. they have a contract well, they have a contract and, but yeah. then the her producers decided that they were going to cut her contract short yeah so um, let's get into the <laughs> get, let's get into the drama of it all yeah so the producers decided that they're just gonna, they're gonna let beanie go and they gave her like a certain amount of time where they just want to move on and the quote that i have seen a bunch from articles is that the show wanted to go in a different direction ah uh, yes <sighs> and so we we can maybe 
theorize or assume that the negative critiques about Beanie as Fanny were probably one of the main reasons they wanted. Well, to yeah, it was her right. voice and her looks. She got a lot of comments about she doesn't look like what Fanny should look like, which is crazy. What does Fanny look like? It's a fake character. Like... But also, <laughs> the whole show is about this journey of this character, like overcoming people's perception of what people should exactly. look like. Exactly, that's like focal and, point. Yeah. So it gets worse though so the producers decided that they were going to go in a different direction and once they made that announcement they told fanny and then made that announcement um i believe it was one of the producers don't quote me on who but somebody really top involved with the show started tweeting out pictures of leah michelle on glee yeah yeah and so people were theorizing oh my god is leah michelle gonna do it this is gonna be leah michelle's thing and then of course like they have the whole thing that happened with um Oh god, what was the first show? Spring Awakening. Uh, they had the whole Spring Awakening thing, which who even asked for that? The oh, Spring so Awakening what you're referring documentary to, thing. They they have a documentary yeah. on HBO Max about I don't know Spring who asked Awakening. for that, but they, yeah. they did that. Well, and it's then, the the 20th anniversary of I the guess, show. Yeah. Or the 15th. It, it it's an anniversary. It's an of anniversary of yeah. some st- sort, but I don't remember them doing it for many other shows like that, but I think it's all a ploy to, like, help her. But that's just my theory. Um, so they did that, and then they had the whole Tony thing where they brought her onto the Tonys, and they did yep, this they had they, they performed yeah. um, at the uh, Touch Me, at, right. the, at so the Tonys. they have been bringing Leah Michelle back into the theater limelight, to say, and, like, showing that she hasn't gone anywhere. And it so- feels very much like her marketing team yes. trying <laughs> to bounce back from all of the stuff that came out about her in yes. the past couple of years <laughs> exactly. from the cast of Glee and people who have worked with her. Yeah, so yeah. now he's out tweeting these pictures of her and these, like, memes and stuff, and it's just, like, people are now just talking about her, and I feel how unfair that would be to Beanie. Poor Beanie, like, who has opened the show and has brought this new character, and not only are you cutting her short, but well, you are also, like... like helping people theorize about a whole new person taking over when she's not even gone yet. And it's been something that she's dealt with from the beginning, right? Like people were, people have been saying that Leah Michelle should like, not necessarily a lot of people, but there have been a vocal minority of people mm-hmm. who have been saying that Leah Michelle should have been Fanny yeah. before they even announced that Beanie was playing. Exactly. Fanny. So now she's yeah. so Beanie did something pretty badass and decided that I'm cutting my own contract short and I'm going yeah, to Yeah, she's like, if you don't want me, like, yeah. I'm going to go use my talents where people do want me. Exactly. So she decided when she decided to leave and she cut it short, I believe a couple months shorter than it was supposed to. And she used the same quote uh, that the show is going in a different direction, kind of like a slap in the face to the producers who told her that. Um, and, and, and oh, Yeah. <laughs> And so I was going to talk about Jane Lynch. Yes. The, the Jane Lynch of it <laughs> the all. The Jane Lynch. So Jane Lynch was one of Leah Michelle's co-stars on Glee. She played Sue Sylvester. Like, that's probably <laughs> the thing she's most famous for in Hollywood oh, yeah. at this point, other than being a fabulous lesbian. She's and, <laughs> and And so Jane Lynch was part of this original cast with Beanie. Yes. Um, with Funny Girl. And Jane Lynch, that um, her contract was ending, too. And but her contract was ending before Beanie's, mm-hmm. uh, and she when Beanie announced that um, 
she was leaving, she was like, oh, well, my contract's going to Well, they, their contracts anyway. are ending at the same time. They were both planning to leave at the same time, and it was announced they were leaving at the same time. Mm-hmm. But then Beanie decided she's going to leave sooner. Yeah. And so Jane Lynch then decided she's going to leave sooner as soon as she found out. As soon as she found out that Leah Michelle yep. was announced. And time of recording, that was three days ago yep. now on, on <laughs> July 11th. Mm-hmm. The They officially announced that Leah Michelle would be taking over as Fanny Bryce. Yeah. And I believe the same day, Jane Lynch announced that she, she would be ending like, her yep. contract early. <laughs> And leaving the same night that Beanie is leaving. And leaving as well. Mm-hmm. And so people are like, I guess she doesn't want to work with well, Leah Michelle. It's, like, yeah. it's kind of like as if it's actually Sue Sylvester. First of all, she got on Funny Girl before Rachel does. And then is like, I'm not going to stick around for that. Loser and leaves. Well, well, but also <laughs> imagine from a producer perspective. If with a producer hat on, they're they're always thinking like, how can we make the most money off of this, right? They're the mm-hmm. business people in the in the production, mm-hmm. and imagine like how when they when all this is going down, they're like, wait, there's gonna be like a two week overlap where Jane Lynch and Leah Michelle will be here at the, the same dreams. time, and <sighs> and yeah, and that's yeah. probably exactly what went through their mind, right? Yeah, we're gonna sell so many tickets during this time from all the people who want to see this Glee revival, mm-hmm. and and then for Jane Lynch to just be She's like, like nah, you. I don't, I'm, I'm leaving early too. Yeah, and the producers I'm gonna walk yeah. out in the middle of the show, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, like in the Glee. Episode, <laughs> yeah. I have seen. Have you seen the TikToks where people are like, I'm gonna buy a ticket to Funny Girl dress up in a tracksuit and leave in the middle while Leah Michelle's on stage. And there's literally this one girl who is asking people to send her money so she can buy a ticket to do that. <laughs> that is are so crazy. <laughs> what a world that we live in. Like <laughs> that that people legitimately like think about that or are willing to pay money to do to that. To do that, yeah. We also live in a world where people dress up in suits to go see the Minion movie. Like I don't the... want to talk about that one. Ugh. We live, we are, we are in the weird timeline. Yes, we are. We have been in the weird timeline for a while now. But I just, I hate what they're doing to Beanie. And if you take it as a teacher's perspective, like this is basically, you gave a chance for this one girl who's a really talented actress and has star power and you gave him the lead. And since the moment you've announced that they were the lead, they've been bullied and bullied and bullied and bullied until that this kid has decided to leave. To let somebody else that everyone thought would be better, just because yeah. they sing you nicer, or whatever, right? Like that—that's yeah. like the one thing we as teachers don't want to happen. We want the students to see that you are a star. You don't have to be a Leah Michelle or Barbara Streisand. You can be Fanny, and it's just crazy that Broadway doesn't like. Well, and it's like, of course, like, are they going to keep the show going? Like they've paid for it to happen and everything. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, but did they have to cast Liam Michelle? Well, did no. they have to and, text memes and tweet things about it? Yeah. That like imagine how Beanie feels. Yeah. That that's probably like so heart wrenching that these people who hired you and gave you a chance are now like counting down to when you leave. Mm-hmm. And, and already easy. an actress who, as as someone who does not fit that that mold that Hollywood has looked for forever or mm-hmm. that Broadway has looked for forever. She's already dealt with enough BS because yeah. of that. Um, the people were already like being mean to her when she was playing Monica Lewinsky on American Crime Story. 
Like, mm -hmm. this is an actress, a, a human being, right? Yeah. Who has dealt with this BS enough. And then for, like, professional people who are supposed to be professionals to make that worse. Like, it's you want to go in a different direction, like, whatever. Mm -hmm. But be professional about it, please. Yes. Like, at least be professional and give people the respect. If it was anybody else, like, they wouldn't be treating her that way. And it goes back to, like, size diversity, like we were talking mm -hmm. about, right? We have an actress coming in who does fit that more typical, like, ingenue shape yeah. that Broadway <laughs> has looked for traditionally. Yeah. Um, like, thank goodness they still have an actress that's Jewish, right? They didn't at have, least she's, at least Jewish. she's Jewish, right? <laughs> the, and, and sure, like she's a name, so she's going to bring in money and everything, yeah. but it, it, it feels very similar to ha to having those like off Broadway or touring casts where you have skinny girls playing Tracy, right? Yeah. Where it, it makes the, that makes that casting of Beanie, which could have seemed like, a step in the right direction, mm -hmm. it makes it kind of feel like that was done as tokenism or yes. as, as And like, now they're going to use her as an example of, well, this is why we can't have this. This is why yeah. we don't cast characters like that. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's crazy because if, if your whole team is on board and your whole team is together and your whole team is doing it for the right reasons and not just for the money, you can sell tickets um, and people can love it. I mean, we see it in the West End all the time. I freaking love the West End, man. <laughs> I'm sure they're, yeah. they have problems too, but like if you look at their Legally Blonde, they're doing amazing with yeah. an L who is plus size and she's black. They they're doing amazing. And you have like Delta News that are like being plus played size, by trans, yeah, non-binary, or just I can like go on, <laughs> yeah, and and so I think like this funny girl moment is a moment for the musical theater community overall, but especially like the Broadway musical theater community to really take a look at itself and reflect on like, what's the point, right? Why yeah. are we here? What are we doing here? Cause it, yeah. it's art at the end of the day, right? Mm -hmm. We're supposed to be telling a story. Uh, we're supposed to be like showing the world through this art. Of course it's a business. It's always going to be a business, right? That we can't help that. Um, and I guess it starts from the ground up, right? Like yeah. we, we as educate theater educators or like local productions or whoever is doing um, the kind of smaller stuff, it has to start there, right? And yeah, it's it's really not going to go any faster until the people at the top are part of the minority. And yeah, that's the sad thing about it. And so just like we brought a lot of attention to like um when with everything with the black lives matter movement with uh with george floyd's murder in 2020 like bringing attention to black owned businesses and everything mm -hmm. we need to be bringing attention to more diverse producers yeah. and, and people on the business side of theater mm -hmm. and and directors producers, and directors, writers directors yeah. writers choreographers yeah and I think we've been doing a better job about bringing the attention to diverse actors. There's still room to grow there too, of yes, course. Yes, of course. Um, as fans, mm -hmm. but as fans, we also need to remember that like there's a all a whole ton of people behind the scenes working on this too, mm -hmm. and making sure that we're like giving those shout outs or giving a space for um, 
more diverse talent that's working backstage to or behind the camera mm-hmm. to um, have that space to give those shout outs to the writer, the like fabulous queer black writer of like a strange loop yeah. or <laughs> um, giving shout outs to producers who are willing to produce uh, content that's diverse or even like a, like um, a choreographer that's like um, plus size or like a person of color yeah. who has a different perspective on dance yeah. than your typical like <laughs> Russian banging the stick on the ground <laughs> like uh, Madame Jury uh, <laughs> like uh, choreographer of the, of the world and I guess that's the like the takeaway from this right yeah it's, it's definitely it needs to be the people at the top who they either need to really look at themselves and look at how they're casting um, and how they're choosing people or they need to the people those people need to be minorities that's really the only way it's going to get faster and I mean Mm -hmm. we see that in our own work where you and me are fighting for basic things because the people who aren't minorities are pushing back well and teams are great too right Mm -hmm. like I might I'm for all intents and purposes unless I open my mouth and like start talking people (laughs) like just look at me and I'm like they assume I'm just a white guy, right? Mm-hmm. The And so I have power in that situation, right? Yes. To help lift up voices, right? Yeah. Um, or you, you've you talked about, like, you are white passing, yeah. um, a member of, like, the Hispanic community, mm-hmm. and you have power in that, too. I know, I do, And it's yeah. our job to help lift up those voices, exactly. right? Uh, we know it's an issue, so why not help those people? And, like, co-directors are a thing, co-writers are a thing, like, co-producers. And exactly. So... If you're producing a story like about a community, you should probably bring in someone from that community. And the money will follow. Yeah. The money will the follow. Money will follow. When it's done authentically and it's done with goodwill and it and it's done as art, the money's gonna come. Yeah. 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 That's really all we need. <laughs> we just need more diversity up top. So <sighs> um on that note, I like to ask all of my guests about uh some recommendations. So do you have any you already kind of mentioned some, but do you have any entertainment recommendations for my audience that you think they should either um, listen to or watch or what? I will definitely watch Anjali. Well, not watch. You can watch <laughs> some. If you just Google, you can see some uh, really good videos um, <laughs> of Anjulia. But they can listen to the official, but listen to the official uh, West End recording. Yes, it is so, so good. <laughs> Look them up on TikTok. They're all over TikTok. You can find them. Um, and Juliet, I always tell people you need to do that. A Strange Loop is another one. Mm-hmm. I will have to warn you about Strange Loop. It has language and it has themes that can like, whew, so you need to be in the right frame. Yeah, there's some mature content, um, content yeah. in a but Strange it's, Loop. It's, yeah, it's, it's a masterpiece. Strange Loop is a masterpiece. Honestly, like I can tell you guys what to go watch and what to go see, but you just need to look for things that have good representation and then consume that and share that with and other share people. it yeah. share it with other people and i'm not just talking like professional or broadway level either go to your community look for those community shows that have students of color that have other minority students that are doing things differently and go and support them yeah um because that's where it's going to start it's going to start in your community and then mm-hmm. rush out from there so please go and support your community um, if you're in Orlando, I think the Winter Garden is still doing On Your Feet with the Hispanic cast. So go see that. And I, I can't think of anything else. 
come to our shows at Copacolaga <laughs> High School. All of our kids are mostly Hispanic, so come support us. And so um, where can people find you on social media yeah. and kind of like internet stalk you? Oh, please do. Um, I haven't posted a lot recently. I'm getting married, and so is Miller. But um, I just I've been off social media. But you can still find me, and I'll update things on there once in a while. Once upon a Sammy, all one word. Sammy is with two M's and an I E on both Instagram and YouTube and uh, TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. yeah. TikTok. You're most active on Instagram and TikTok, right? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't posted in a long time, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think like October of last year. <laughs> <laughs> I need to post, but um, I should be posting wedding stuff soon. It'll be spammed with wedding stuff eventually. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, uh, Sammy, yeah. for being on Pop Culture Fate. We'll this definitely so have you on again. Because <laughs> yeah. um, you're a nerd of a bunch of other stuff. Oh, yeah. Too, so we talk about Disney yeah, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not, not just Broadway. Uh, but thank you for coming on here. And uh, do a Glee episode next. <laughs> a Glee episode. We, we will definitely schedule to do that. Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, thank you. And uh, I hope everybody enjoyed that. Bye. Thank you for joining us today in discussing the state of diversity in musical theater. If you're listening and enjoying the podcast, please give it a review on your podcasting platform. If you leave a question in a five-star review, I'll answer it in next week's episode of the podcast. Also, if you have a friend who would like the podcast, make sure to share it with them to help grow our little community here. Once again, I am Miller C. Lashbrook. You can find me on Twitter at Mill C. Lashbrook, on Instagram at Miller C. Lashbrook. And for more Pop Culture Fay, you can head to our website, popculturefay.com, for blog posts and more content. I hope you all have a fantastic day, and I hope to find you the next time you wander into the forest of the Pop Culture Fay.